Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Hunger Podcast, a Philly-based culture and society podcast from a Black queer perspective. I am your host. I'm your producer of this here show, Eric Cole. You can find the Hunger Podcast on your favorite podcast platform and on social media by searching at Pod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. I'm most active on Instagram. Hit that subscribe button to show your support. I was supposed to post this episode a few days back and didn't get a chance to. So I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about the whole Erica Mena situation. Um, And so I said, let me go to Twitter and see, are the people still talking about her? And they are. So real quick, I'm just going to say this. Erica, first of all, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, they're they're wrong. (laughs) they're, They're wrong, first and foremost, for producing that episode editing it, producing it, airing it. And then because of the public backlash, firing Erica and like posted that message, like a a, a big PR thing, like they were really stepping out and doing something, right? Very messy, but on brand for them. A lot of people were pointing that out. And I'm like, true, this this is true. Love and hip hop, they're messy for this, but this is on brand for them. Messiness is their brand. They're going to move on and be messy. A new cast, a new story and be messy. I feel like they're going to they're going to recover like the people that watch and stay tuned and subscribe to the franchise. This is not going to make them stop watching. Now, will Erica move on? Will she recover? I don't know. And she's already lost jobs. Ice Spice, she set it off in a way. Because to me, her comment wasn't talking about her son. Now, she was speaking on her son. And for all intents and purposes, yeah, that's off That's off limits. Why was that fact even known? Erica, did you bring this to the situation? Like, how did, how did they even know that? And... I don't watch the show, but I feel like there's probably some truth to it. Because anyway, Erica, you're on this show. When was it about your children putting them first? I'm sorry. I I just, again, I don't watch the show. But to me, shows like this, Zeus, it's all the same. Where they, they profit off of drama, violence, and not really putting these people in a good light. So it can be argued that Spice set it off. She stepped out of line by even bringing up the, the, the like, why why even bring up the son? Well, it was because you wanted to hurt Erica. You wanted to cut her as deep as you could. And it worked. It worked. Because Erica fired right back with that same energy. For me, Erica had every right to hit below the belt. Erica had every right to respond the way that she wanted to respond. Erica did not have a right to be racist. And that's where I can't get with, I don't understand us black folk who are being like, no, that's cool. When when is that ever cool? These are the things we talk about on a day-to-day basis. Racism is not cool. Colorism is not cool. Fat phobia is not cool. Homophobia, transphobia. And so for me, it's pretty consistent. It's like, it's never okay. Not in this situation, not in any situation. Erica was wrong for what she said. Dead as wrong. The historical violent implications of a non-black person looking at a black person and calling them a monkey. Come on, y'all. And I'm not saying any of this to try to convince anyone of anything. I'm just making an observation. Because many of you would never change your mind. You you, st- you 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 right there. And I'm meeting you where you are with this message of it just don't make no sense to me. I'm going to stay where I'm at. Racism is never cool. There's no, oh, well, maybe if. Because what else can be pushed? And your maybe if is going, everybody's maybe if is different. So the next person's maybe if you're not going to like. But oh, well. See how this is not going to work out? It's not going to make any sense. Like, we have to draw the line when it comes to racism, anti-blackness. And for those of you who think you're doing something, coming back in the comments, well, if she would have called her a walrus or a sea lion, would that have been racist? No, it wouldn't have been. Because we grown and we know that there's a difference between an apple and an orange. Get off my line. 
and I have to go back to the production and love him. Y'all, y'all wrong because you capitalized off of this moment. All the media attention, the headlines, all the reposts, all the all the retweets had the Twitter streets buzzing. And something tells me that you had planned, you knew this was going to happen and you wanted to capitalize off of it. Because if it was really wrong for you, it would have been wrong when it occurred months ago. And when you would have took taken action and handled Erica then. And then also look at y'all how you, you really, loving hip hop is putting these black people, these black women in these violent to me, it's like not, maybe not directly putting them in these, but it's kind of like setting it up for sure. Setting the motherfucking stage, creating a space, an opportunity that happens to come with a check and a little bit of seedless, deedless celebrity, whatever you want to call it, to be in these violent situations to where they really don't have the proper support. And when it comes to the court of public opinion, baby, it's going to speak. For the Spotify podcast app listeners, I do have a Q&A built into this episode. So go to the app and I want you to answer. Are you team Erica? Are you team Spice? Or are you team they all wrong? Hunger family. So this week I'm taking accountability and sometimes taking that accountability can hurt and it stings. But at the end of the day, it really strengthens relationships. And it's also a big plus when it comes to personal growth. So I had brunch with some old friends of mine, just a crew that I haven't been with in a, in a while. More specifically, when I pledged Alpha back in 2016, I kind of vanished. I went away. Then I was a part of this Greek organization, had a whole new life to kind of absorb and figure out how to navigate and all that stuff. But I abandoned my friends. Now, granted, at that time, my relationship of six and a half years was coming to a crashing end. And my relationship with my father at the time just wasn't the greatest. Instead of leaning in on the village, I leaned out. And I really only kept in contact, consistent contact with one of the people out of the group. It it was a moment for me, really, truly a gag of like, oh my God, because sometimes shit be like right there in front of you and you don't realize even the part that you have played, not not just that that thing exists, because <laughs> sometimes, you know, we don't always see things that are like right in front of us. And then there's that radical acknowledgement piece of like, okay, this is the part that you played. This is what you did. And taking that accountability of like, I fucked up some relationships, some really important foundational relationships and taking that accountability and hearing without interrupting with my butts or my hands. Cause I, I gotta be honest at first it's cause it's easy to respond with, I hear how you feel, but this is how I feel. And don't get me wrong. It is important to share your own experience because it's important for everybody's experiences to be validated. I feel like there's a time and a place for that. And it certainly shouldn't be used to like counteract somebody else's experience. And in that moment, I, I did share my experience, but I felt like it was more important for me to listen and receive. So I just appreciate that. Spencer, Sean, and Anthony, I can't wait to talk to you. I just wanted to share that because I know life coach, creator, host of the show, sometimes like folks can make it seem like they got it all together. And we don't. We don't. Take accountability, y'all. It might sting. It might hurt. So you may not be able to get back to where you were, but... That in that moment, even in that moment, it helps you in the long run. Trust me, even if the even if that friendship doesn't continue, I'm here for it. I'm hung up. So for this week's episode, I am dropping the audio from the Instagram live conversation that I had with co-host of the Positive Voices podcast. And he's also a public health analyst. Malachi Stewart is back on the show. One of the things I loved most about this interview is hearing Malachi talk about his love for the kickboxing sport and how even though kickboxing isn't known as a queer affirming space, Malachi is still not only representing, but kicking these straight men's ass in the process, all while wearing a cunty two-piece leotard. Get into it. 
Volume is up. Wi-Fi is on. And tonight's guest is already in the building. What? What's up, y'all? What's up, Hunger Family? Welcome to, I believe this is week five of Star 69, a weekly check-in with listeners and past guests. Be sure to hit that carrot, follow, and support. And I appreciate the love and support. Um, I see my brother just stepped in. What's up? What's up? My manager is here. What's up, D? Um, And and remember, this is y'all times too. This is y'all time as well. So feel free to comment your thoughts, um, questions, and also feel free to join if you brave. Hit that, hit that, uh, request button if you want to join in on the conversation. And so tonight's guest, y'all know every week I got a different guest. Tonight's guest is Malachi J. Stewart. He is the co-host of the Positive Voices podcast. He is a public health analyst um, and a kickboxing champion. I was like, I know I'm forgetting something. I know I'm forgetting something. So he is here. So I'm going to, let's go ahead and get him in. Oh, there we go. Okay. Hey. What's up, friend? Hey, friend. Why are we feel like that logo and like, like an old person? Like, I'm always trying. <laughs> what you over there doing? I'm, I'm, I'm pouring this drink. Listen, I'm detoxing. <laughs> I'm detoxing. It's been, a, it's been a wild weekend. I don't know if you know this, Eric, but I've been outside. What you been doing? Down. Um, you know, I've just been trying to be more social. I, well, first of all, we're filming. We're filming right now. So I've off work for the last for the last two weeks. Um, this is our last week of filming. So I'm filming. Um, and then you know, when you have guests, it's Wait. it's a celebrity guest. Are you talking about your you're talking about your podcast, right? Yeah. Okay. So and then they've added a lot to the schedule. Like this week is hell week, literally. Uh, but then when you have guests who come from out of town or they're celebrities, you want to take them out and say, you know, thank you for coming. So I'm outside. Um, I'm actually literally going to a fashion show after this. Um, I'm outside. Yeah, I'm outside right now. That's you know? why you look so. What you okay? So give us every. What you got going on? Because you look fucking good. Just, you know, what? Give bit. us. Let's give go. us a little. Let's spare a little yeah. All up in the, <laughs> don't be having me out here spinning. Faces is looking real good. Important to be beat for the girls real quick. Browse snatched. Look, you. don't don't be trying, don't be trying to move on. You know, because I'm know, still you know. I'm still basking, but you know it's been it's been a little bit since um since we've seen you, my my yeah, love. Yes. But you but I see you out here doing your thing. I see you know you out here hosting parties, you and Tony, y'all out here in Philly. Are you big him? Are you am I what? Are you big him? Are you big him now? Like when I met you, you was just regular him. You was like, oh, I'm Eric. You know, I have a podcast. You know, I, I'm hung up. Now I look, it's quiet for you out here hosting parties. Like, I want to be like you when I grow up. No, you you already doing... You actually have one of the things that a lot of podcasters would probably dream to have, which is sponsorship for their podcast. And so kudos to you and, and the work and, and the seeds that you've been sowing in the community because clearly... <laughs> The 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 writing is on the wall. Thank you, baby. I appreciate you. Um, look, I already introduced you, but please introduce yourself and let the people say. Let the people. Sorry, I'm like reading comments. Um, yeah, y'all feel free to comment and. Um, hey y'all. Do you do requests? Sometimes the request can be a little wild. You don't know what you're gonna get. I don't care. You know, I don't mind. All right. Um, so yeah, go ahead and introduce yourself and let the people know where where they can find you on social media. Yes, um, I'm Malachi J. Stewart. Um, so literally, how you see my name right now on this live um, is how I am on all social media. I'm only on Facebook and IG, so very easy to find me. Um, again, my name is Malachi Stewart. I'm a public health analyst by day. Um, I run a couple of programs here at DC Health, so I'm a public health analyst and advocate. Um, in my own personal life, um, I do have, again, like Eric said, I have a podcast called Positive Voices. We are currently fe- filming season two. This is going to be an amazing season. I'm giving y'all, like, the best that I got. Like, you need a baker out here in these streets. So please know, if you want to catch up or just see what last season was given, you can just 
follow me. The link is in my bio, bio dcnshiv.org. And listen, the thing about it is if you come on my podcast or go to the website, you're not just getting me and all of this fabulousness. We actually have a link to all resources in any city that you live in in the nation. You put your zip code in, we can give you any type of resources. Rental assistance, I need to get, I need bus tickets, I need, you know, to get, you know, connected to medication or anything like that, anything you need. So we definitely out here doing the work. Um, and I'm just happy to be on. I ain't been on every show in a while. I was looking at all these people like, oh, that's not me. That's not me. Who else? That's not me. And so it's good to be big. Arrogant. <laughs> you know what, though? Mm-hmm. Why was I, like, in preparation for this, I was going through all of my podcast episodes, like archives. Like I was back in 2020. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, we've done lives together. And it, it took me a second to realize, like, we've done, who is Eric Cole? He's a trip. <laughs> That's Eric Cole is the, the, the host and producer of the Hunger Podcast. Um, what's up, Fig Tree? But um, it took me a minute to realize we've, we've done lives together, but we never actually have done a podcast episode together. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting. You know, sometimes you got to save things for the time when it's right. Speaking of time when it's right and seasons and all that, let's go ahead and kick this off. Because it's been a, a little bit since we since I've seen you, um, I just want to know, how is your heart? How is, and I want you to hit yeah. three points, how is love, life, in the pursuit of happiness. Ah, that's easy. You set that up. You did that. Um, <laughs> love is... <laughs> <laughs> he ate that, y'all. Small clips. Small clips in the, in the comments. How is love like in the pursuit of happiness? Well, they're connected. Um, love is lovely. Um, I... I would say this. I've always been very, very, very private when it comes to love. Um, so you don't really see me like post a lot about it or like I if you see something on publicly, it's because it's been going on for a while privately. But I will say this, the biggest flex for me in love is that no matter what I've experienced or what I've gone through, I've not allowed it to make me become bitter. And I treat each person that comes into my life the way I, I did the first time. I fell in love because if not, I feel like, what if you meet somebody and they like the love of your life and then you give them all the chacal. So then the person before them who wasn't shit got the best version of you. And now this person that deserves the best version of you is getting this better part. So I'll say that love, love is that love is me flexing or not being, um, not being bitter and, and not be allowing my experiences to make me afraid to be vulnerable. Um, so love is lovely. I'm, I'm enjoying life. Um, <laughs> so that's love life. Um, I'm enjoying life. I'm gonna say that like I, life is life and it's good to be outside. It's good to be like just present and really like not not in survival mode, but to be able to really enjoy, to be able to really flex like in in the space of like I want to like savor each moment and know that I deserve every good thing and know that I'm meant to overcome every negative thing or everything that stands in my way. Um and the pursuit of happiness, I'm already happy. I'm already happy. And and I think, yeah, that goes to what I'm saying. Again, another flex is like whatever comes or goes at this point in my life, um doesn't change that like happiness. Like that's the good thing about like if I had had a, a much easier time, I think I would have connected my happiness to my success. I would have connected my happiness to having things. I would have connected happiness to my like bank account, how much I'm making. And when you've had ups and downs and you're able to find that happy in any space, then no matter where you go, you still are had a happy and people don't have the ability to come in and out or control that. So I'm in, I'm in a good, I'm in a good space. Um, yeah. Yes. For being on your path. <laughs> listen, listen, you got to do that. The, the greatest um, way to really find your path. Somebody just said this. Um, I think it's like, I, he was like, you know, we like we see people on social media, right? That's typically how we see people and like follow them. Um, and you see people, but you got to understand people were cast perfectly for the role that they play in their life. You can't look at that and think that you would do that better or you would like that for yourself because you don't know you you're seeing the snapshot of the highlight. 
<laughs> you're saying the snapshot of the best part. You don't know what it takes for people to get where they are to be who they have to be. And so, like when you right. said, when we kill the comparison and we just realize, like, be your authentic self. Bring that to every room. Walk in every room like God sent you, like you were there because you were sent, and like you know you start to embrace like what that means to be the best, the best version of yourself. It just, it just must either. I, I just want to say I found that a lot of like the things that have made me happy and that have healed me are much more simple than like than I think we give things credit for. So. You thank, you some, for the, thank you for the question. Yeah, I was about to say, you got some questions. Um, Fig, want to know why you all dressed up? Because I'm going to a fashion show, baby. Um, so the fashion show, um, I think like red carpet started at six, which I, I but let's see, we, let me, and let me give y'all a lesson. When you support your friends, <laughs> you support your friends first. Right, because I'm looking at the, I'm like, oh shit, it's okay. Okay. That's okay. It's, They'll wait for the dial. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I won't keep I won't keep you too long, but I got I got you know, we're going we're going this gonna be this gonna be cute. L Brown said people need to learn how to heal and stop bringing trauma from previous relationships. Never make people pay for other people's mistakes, which happens a lot. Like yeah, we didn't do we didn't really heal from the last situation. We are in a new situation. And our girlfriend, our boyfriend's ear off with the same scenario. Period. And, and it's, also <laughs> not fair, it's also not fair to yourself because what you're going First, to bring in is all the anxiety. Absolutely. You're waiting, you're waiting for somebody to drop you. You're waiting for somebody to disappoint you. You're waiting for somebody to be just like the next person. And you can't even enjoy this experience because maybe this isn't the forever, but maybe there's a lesson in this. And girl, you better listen. Listen, you better enjoy this. And I, I mean, I imagine. At 35, there's only about, I, I, I maybe have another 35 years. I don't want to spend them anxious and afraid and like bitter and upset and angry and comparing things. No, everyone, every moment, every person I want to enjoy right there and in those moments. Like, you know, that's that's what it's about. I got more questions. I told somebody. Said yeah, you got, you got, you got more. Um, what y'all want? Luis. I don't know if it's, I think it's Felipe. Yeah, that's Luis Felipe. That's my bestie. Hey, baby. What's up? What does rest and recovery look like for you? <laughs> he tried it. Because um, <laughs> he's my friend and he always like, you're not. So I would say. Um, <laughs> so he coming for you low key. Like, he coming for my remember what I said, bitch. And I heard you this. Um, rest <laughs> is really hard. What I'm learning from my friend is that especially when you're in a space where like there are opportunities in front of me or opportunities that I'm enjoying that I never thought I would have in my life. I'm in rooms sometimes in front of people and have just, it's like, I never thought I would be here. And that sometimes makes us your automatic response is to rev up. You want to work and you want to be at everything. And like, I, I found myself and I find myself sometimes neglecting rest in the pursuit of success where I'm finding the balance is that that's a knee jerk reaction. So I'm like having to remind myself like, who you are when you're in the room is more important than how many rooms you're in. So when you show up, take care of yourself first <laughs> and like, and, and come and rested and, and able to like do what you need to do. So I'm still working on the rest of recovery. It, it's a process, y'all. Pray my strength. It really is a process. And I know like a big part of that for me is disconnecting from social media. Do not disturb doesn't work well on iPhone because you still be getting disturbed. I don't, I don't, I don't understand that <laughs> Apple. Like, yeah. Y'all need to fix that shit. But I know for me, like that, especially that recovery piece is um, taking a break from social media because everything is trending every day. Like, every, like every single day, everything is trending everyone has taken the time to dissect every social political issue down to the minutia and everyone's talking about it everyone's commenting on it and that that daily scrolling and taking in all that content to me it just drives my anxiety up so i got i have to like disconnect um someone had a question but we we just answered that one thank you jp Wait, no, we didn't. Someone said, wait. I saw JP's question, but I was paying it. But go ahead. No, you can ask it. They won't let me uh, show the question. When are you dropping the Ryan Jamal Swing collab? 
Who said it was a collab? I said I had an announcement. I said it was a collaboration. Y'all gotta wait. And that's on period. <laughs> All right, let's be, go ahead and patient, move. Be patient, I got you. They, they, the, the people, you, you're, you're in demand. So <laughs> you briefly talked about a few moments ago, season one, rapping, and y'all are already working on season two, right? Yeah. Um, so let's, I have some questions for you about season one. So let's talk about um, what are some of those Give us some of those impactful moments from season one. When you when you really when you think about the entire season, what was a, a, an impactful moment uh, that mm. you can, that you can recall? Ooh, um, can I give two? You can okay. do your thing. I know you got. I'm trying. I know you got a red carpet to get on, so I said one. But if you got two or three, go ahead and um, yes. talk your shit. So impactful <laughs> moment. The first impactful moment. Uh, because we do film out of order. So the order y'all see things are not not always the order that we film them in. Um, the first impactful moment for me was uh, when we did an episode on aging and HIV. Um, and as a person, you, said age, you know, aging, aging and HIV. Um, as a person, if you're, if you're new to me, um, been living with HIV openly since 2008. So I'm not new to this. Um, but then sitting with people who have been, who've had HIV longer than I was alive, um in this conversation and just like there were things I, I think I asked a question to 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 the two people to guess of the show and I said what would you have said if, if I was the person or if you were the HIV tester because we I kind of think we got to a place where I was like talking about how I felt like the system felt me and like a lot of the work I do is around making sure that people have the things that I needed in that moment um and I said, like, what would you say to me if you were, you know, the tester? How would you have supported me? And when I tell you that guy looks sent me, I don't, one thing I'm not going to do is be crying on camera, but baby, <laughs> we almost had to cut. I was like, oh, because it was so, like, warm and personable and seasoned. And it was a reminder in that moment of how much eldership, how important eldership is um, in this game. And as, as queer Black men, we don't often get eldership without oh, it coming with, like, a sexual tension or without it coming with like cattiness of like, I'm gonna move you out the way. And so it was so in that moment, I felt like my elders were speaking life into me. And I haven't had that a lot. Cause it's one thing when my mama and them try to do it, but they, they don't understand it straight. <laughs> like it's different when it's like other queer elders, like people who literally walk this path in front of you are able to speak life into you. So that was one moment. And then there was another moment where a young person, he was on my show for the first time disclosing his status and he revealed that that when he um, sterile converted or contracted HIV, um, that he was underage and that he was dating someone older and that it was a very predatory situation. And it opened up the floodgate about a conversation about how normal it is for like Black men who have sex with men to be preyed upon because a lot of times we were put in spaces like, you know, I, I know y'all remember being on the party line back in the day or being on the AIM chat rooms. And stuff. These were not... These were adult spaces and they were predatory spaces. We was kids and we thought we was grown and we knew everything. And so we felt just to be able to have that conversation because even though I'm gay as well, I'll do it. My production is straight and I'm not like that. So they they just really they were like, wait, is this a thing? Did this happen? And I was like, oh child, like let me sit y'all down and talk. You know, um, so that was a that was a moment. And yeah, those, those are probably the moments that were the most pronounced for me. Um, and it also sounds transforming as well. Yeah. yeah, but other people's moments, like when we did our focus groups, um, it's so crazy. I don't know if people like this as a content creator, how we feel about our content and how people feel about it totally different. The episodes that I like hated, like there was one episode in particular, I was like, I don't want this to leave. We don't have enough content. I was so stressed out. It was one of the top performing and like top rated episodes in the focus group. People were like, oh my God, I love it. So I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, I learned to not not stress out um, about certain things because I was just like, okay, how people see things and how we see it. Yeah, because how we see it is through our own filters that have been <laughs> you see conditioned. You see it as a creative. Exactly. And, and um, whereas other people are having different perspectives. Um so this was a very transforming, um, impactful moment for you. Talk about a moment you were challenged in season one. 
Um, I feel like media is a challenge. Like for a lot of people, they see me and whether I'm like on the news or I'm doing the podcast. So whatever people see me doing, yeah. presenting, presenting, hey, hey, people. Hey, um, Tony. It, it gives a very like, oh, this is um, natural for you. Well, maybe, but to be honest, I showed up on set with my co-host at the time. I have a new co-host this season. Uh, but my co-host at the time, Leah, was literally a Fox 5 news anchor, and she was doing radio at the time. I was not doing that. I just came in as a subject matter expert. So I knew the work, but, like, you know, knowing how knowing how to um, how to maneuver and how to answer questions and know how to think about, like, balancing like convers I want to have a conversation that's organic but also I need to hit my markers because I'm funded so it's not even just like I need to hit them because I want to as a creative there's certain things I need to hit to make sure that these checks come you know and because production is you got a certain amount of time and and that's something that I experienced like when I got into the studio Rec Philly and we're doing the YouTube show I quickly learned like oh shit I can't do how I do on the podcast being in front of the camera, it's, it's a different, it's a different kind of beast. And we have a short period of time, like, like you was just saying. So, yeah. And, and the studio, the production team is amazing. The studio we go to is amazing, but it ain't cheap. Like it's upwards of 5,000 a day. So I can't miss, you know, these markets gotta be, you gotta be on point. And so that was probably the most difficult thing. Second thing I would just add as a difficult thing for me is working with people who, who don't identify with, um, with the communities that I'm a part of or the collectives that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really important to me. Like we paid every guest um, that came on the show. That was important to me because I hate in the community, especially in public health, that people tend to use people's trauma and experiences. And so if you're a project manager of something and I add you to my profit, my, my project and you tell all your business and you talk about all your experiences and all your things, then I send you back to your trauma and your work and your living situation while I'm making six figures a year. And now I got kudos for my boss from this project. Don't, don't take eight months to pay my people. Cause I had people in less than a week agreeing to come back. So I had people coming on again for the first time talking about their status, talking about their assaults, talking about things that they had never opened up about to their family. I had people taking off work, paying $80 to come, you know, $80 to, to come to the studio. And so that was a point of contention for me. It was so important to me that people get paid. It was so important to me that we, and that they do it in a timely way and that they get good money for this. Like, you know, I wanted to make sure that we were honoring people. And so that worked out, but it definitely took a lot of advocacy behind the scenes. I was definitely ready to meet some people outside. I ain't even gonna lie. They took me out of my Twitch queen into my <laughs> into the Philly because <laughs> I was like, um, but you're gonna treat my people right. And that's because at the end of the day, I don't care where I'm at, I'm always gonna be an advocate. I'm always gonna be, you know. Help. I think it's so beautiful that you were able to pay your guests. Um that is a privilege, a privilege. to have. Um and, and kudos to your production team. Um okay, so season two is coming up you talked a little bit about it before we transition into kickboxing because i have some questions (laughs) for you about your passion around kickboxing and i want to congratulate you on your second consecutive championship win but um what can we expect for for season two season two you can expect um we're keeping Keeping it grassroots, you're, you're going to still meet people from the area, um, but you're going to see a little bit different. You're going to see it's going to be more conversational. Y'all going to love my season two co-host. We're keeping it grassroots in that you're going to meet people who are literally from the area who do this work, but it is a little bit raised profile. You're going to get some celebrity people in there. Um, there'll be there'll be a touch of White House um, energy in the room. So we'll see. Um, we'll see who we get from the White House. Um, and you can expect there to be, if not in this season, you can expect at some point before the year and for us to do a live show. Um, and also, if you're going to be at the, the AIDS conference coming up, um, it's USDA or something like that, I think it's called. Um, Positive Voices is going to build in. Um, they're going to be doing some work with us um, there as well. So we we in there, we in there, y'all. Um, but, I, but I definitely, we're definitely balancing. My goal for season two is to really show that we all are like, we all deal with the same issues. I don't want anybody, anybody watching the show to not um, to not be able to feel like they can relate to every episode. But between us, I'm going to spill some tea, Eric. For the first time in my career, 
in this podcast. I sat down with a straight black man. Oh, you God. Jesus, a today. A black man Ooh. living with HIV. Oh, okay. And open to tell his story. My no, bad. Yeah, I thought I was going you were going down a different road. I'm sorry. <laughs> wrong road, then wrong. No, but I've never, you know, usually it's, it's us or it's black women who found out why they was pregnant, they named the uh, whatever that story is. And then you see us, like you see gay men. But like, I've never had a straight black man come and talk about it. And the perspective was so rich. Like, yes. y'all are going to love the episode. So it's, it's a lot. Like, season wow. two, season two, we are bringing it. Like, when I say, I ain't lying, y'all. Y'all will see. I'm telling y'all, we need a big care. Give y'all the best that I got. And um, I mean, since JT is out here dropping tea, maybe it's going to be a, a little pose. Maybe one or two cast members from pose. We'll have to see, JP. I'm so proud of you. Thank you, baby. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of <laughs> us. I'm proud of us. Because I need to say this before you move to kickback. I remember when we met, 2020, didn't, in 2020, sitting in that um, hot tub, having a conversation with you, like, oh, you have a podcast. When I wasn't thinking about podcasting. And, <laughs> and listening to you talk about, like, all the changes that you wanted to implement and what the year would look like. And, like, you are so far from that. From where you were even at that time because at the time i just thought the concept every concept you had every idea you had was so fabulous um and so i definitely want you to know that you inspired me in that moment to like not be afraid to like dream and do stuff and like you know just make it happen just do it and i'm i'm very proud of you thank you baby thank you thank you um that can this this is the community support we talk about um and it's needed because you know sometimes you it, it can be like yo do i want to keep doing this um for folks that are just here um this is malachi j stewart he is the co-host of the positive voices podcast by the way who came up with that name we did okay i yeah, figured okay i like it it's very intentional um public health analyst equity advocate and kickboxing champion so let's go ahead and get into this kickboxing <laughs> because i see your kicks but i feel like i see your kickboxing videos just as much <laughs> as i see your podcasting videos which tells me that kickboxing is a passion for you and kickboxing obviously does something for you physically it obviously does something for you mentally and spiritually and i'm just interested to learn how you connect with the sport um first congratulations on your second consecutive win that this was on april 23rd you posted on your instagram post what does that mean to folks like me that are not in the kickboxing world? What does this win mean? How, what did it take for you to get there? And what does it mean that you have this look like one of those WrestleMania <laughs> WWF? <laughs> Is it WWF or WWE? Um, WWE. WWE belts that you had. Um, congratulations. But what, what does all that mean? means i win um no it um well so actually i think i've won uh probably i think six times and this is my second consecutive win um i really actually don't compete a lot honestly i'm very i'm competitive but competitive life like i don't really be having time to compete with these books i only so i'll talk about why i like kickboxing first of all why i'm even doing this um i struggle to um to go to the gym so when I first started, I just, I found gyms boring. I couldn't interact with them. When I got married, for those of you who don't know, I was married before. When I got married, I was coming in at a whopping 120 pounds. The weight was snatched. By the time I left my marriage, I was 116. And that may, may not be a lot to you, but honey, on 5-4, I was out here looking like a Okay, I was looking real Winnie the Pooh by the belly. And my face was, and I just, I, and I could not lose weight. And I had never struggled with weight. I had never struggled with losing weight in my life. Like, I, that, that never been a thing. And I was scared because I was like, it's not, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make this work out. And so I was like, I remember someone suggesting, like, well, just find a workout that you like, like, do something you like to do. And I've always loved boxing. Um, I was doing martial arts when I was a kid. So I was like, this is the perfect marriage. And I loved it so much. Like, I was getting up to six o'clock in the morning. And I was finding myself going twice a day and, and I was really, really getting into it and I was losing the weight. <laughs> I was losing the weight. And so um, after the pandemic, I was like, it's time to go back kickboxing because it does something. Listen, therapy is therapy. Nothing can replace that, but it is therapeutic. 
um, even in my mental health, like people know, like, so now I actually changed my work schedule. So I go in when I'm in work, when I'm in at my actual job, I go in at 10 because I'm like, I need to go get up, walk my dog, go kickboxing. And everybody's like, no, we can tell when you went kickboxing. Like I'm calmer. I need to let that frustration out. I need to, you know, the streets are safer because I have found the healthy outlet. Um, because Eric, don't confirm, but you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes people be talking and you be like, <laughs> but it really, it really just a healthy outlet. And then I think what I like about it is that it's a very like hetero norm. It's a very hetero atmosphere. It's all like straight guys will be there go. It's a very bro environment. And so it's something about like, you know, having my little pink gloves on and sparring and, you know, popping these straight boys in the mouth. Um, that just, it gives me, it just, I love that shit. It feels like the queer ancestors or something. Cause if you notice, I don't ever take my championship pictures. I'll be looking. I find the gayest outfit. I'll be like, let me find the gayest thing I have. Let me make sure my gloves match. I got like three or four pairs of gloves. Make sure my gloves match my outfit. Make sure like I got a crop top on. I want this to be, I want this to be really gay. I want this to, you know, really, really stand out. But to be honest, uh, it's a very inclusive environment. Um, even like my boxing conditioning trainers that I see outside of the gym, like it's very like, it's a, I, I feel like I'm, one of the brothers, like, I never felt, you know, no kind of way that I definitely, I think it's been helpful for me to be in that environment, but it's also helpful to the environment to have someone like me. Uh, what I will say lastly is that probably before the end of the year, y'all are going to see me do some fitness stuff because I've had so many queer gay, like, film men reach out to me and was like, I'm so inspired by your videos or like, you know, when I'm out in public and I've gotten in situations and I felt like I couldn't defend myself. And so like seeing you out there like that, inspired me and that this is a whole thing but this is a whole niche right that you've like i feel unintentionally tapped into <laughs> yeah that you you you're speaking to a whole new group of people that obviously yes you can bring into your podcast potentially and have them listen to that but even outside of that you just existing in this space and sharing your journey mm -hmm. is obviously resonating with people um yeah. And I think that would be really good. And, I, and it's interesting how you talked about kickboxing because as a tennis athlete, I relate to that physical energy, that, that push of um, that, that physical challenge. It helps move anxiety out of my body. Yeah. It helps me um, compete, helps me um, connect with other players, find other players, travel, um, go to go to new places. One of my favorite things to do is to play at a new tennis court that I've never been to. I don't know how often you travel and, and experience different rings, boxing mm -hmm. rings, um, but I imagine when you're in a new ring, it's kind of like, hmm, the air is a little bit different here, and you, you get to feel something and do something a little bit different. Yeah, um, yeah it is, especially... Um... I know, like, there's a lot of competitions in Baltimore. A lot of, I, I really don't compete um, like that for real, for real anymore. Like, I, I work out when I can, when I'm not filming, because, you know, I just can't get it. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, I can't do it. It's, you know, it is the problem. Like, contractually, <laughs> I can't do things that are going, like, you're not good at things like boxing unless you, like, lose, right? Like, I remember, so I'll I give you an example. I had a problem because I came from martial arts where whenever I was like split from boxing to martial arts, I would like put my hands in. So if I was like in front of you, but then I was about to do a roundhouse kick, I would like focus on my roundhouse and like put my hands down to set, up, to, to, to set my body. No, keep your hands up. So how my trainers got me out of that is whenever I would put my hands down, they would just like knock the shit out of me in my face. And I remember when my lip busted and I was like, Oh, well, I don't like you busting my lip, but that was how I learned. I'm saying that to say, like, if you are, you learn your best, like, where your weaknesses are. Like, you know, little chat, little, little chat today. Yeah, so, yeah. So, it, the producers are very much like, like, you're not going back because if something happens to you, you cannot be in here with like a black eye. And I am such, in those spaces, I am so like, it's not a street fight, it's a, it's a competition and it's a sport. So, if I'm boxing and like, I, you know, get popped in my eyes, like, I'm fine. I'm like, ah, you got me. You know, um... Right, I that's not like that. being outside of the bar or something and, and somebody trying you, but if they were yeah. to, you're you're pretty equipped to, to handle I, it. I will say, I appreciate you saying that. I will say, I think that <laughs> I've been trying not to post as many of those videos 
because of the fact that when people are trying to talk to me, like they automatically like just assume being from Philly and you add that to it, it's automatically an assumption. I'm like, I'm not really out here fighting in these streets. Like I'm out here fighting in these gyms. I'm not out here like, you know, checking people out. You know, he's a job. <laughs> you know, I'm not aggressive. Um, um and you know, you and I was gonna ask you if you felt like you carried your identity with you into the ring or if you felt like, no, I just want to show up and, 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 and kickbox, but it, you already answered that. And yeah. it sounds like you, you wear your, your identities proudly and you, you are intentional about how you show up. Hence the outfit selection when you, when you are in the ring and you know what you could, I, you could come up with a line. I see a kickboxing line because you, you got a whole community community out here that you that you have now tapped into so keep doing the videos keep do, do some training you may even have to go to youtube with this so you can really monetize it um but i'm i'm, I'm really proud of you i'm, I'm gonna really proud you of you line i'm gonna tell you the name of it like this is actually like i have a name i have trainers that i help him like what really has held us up is time because I'm like right now being pulled in so many directions. But right. Trust me, this this is going to happen because this is that this is hard work for me. This is just as important to me as the podcast, and not like from a mind like oh I need the money kind of standpoint. When people like the amount of some gay guys that have hit me up and have said like like what it meant to them to see that how they not felt safe in spaces and like the, their desire to have a safe space to like learn, but especially when you're feeling like sometimes being in like overly like masculine faces when you're more feminine can be it can feel re-traumatizing like these are the same kids that was getting bullied in high school these are the same kids that were getting called up you know what i mean like by these straight men so like when you go into a space with all these big straight guys and you then you try to learn how to throw a punch that can be very intimidating and so for people people have been asking for a safe space to be created for them and so i definitely i it would not even be right sit right with me to not create that space for them. make sure you pull up Though, when it's time for these videos, when it's time for the promotion, we about to have a little. We about to have Eric. You know what people say literally when I say Eric, they're like, "Oh, the tennis player Eric, the tennis player Eric, the tennis play, the tennis player Eric better show up." So I need to. So what you're saying is I need to be tapping more into that, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, no, literally, like I was um, on the phone with somebody who doesn't like. As far as I knew, I didn't think they knew you. And I was like, oh, I'm doing my friend's show before the, uh, before the, fat, you know, before the fashion show, I'm doing his show on IG. And they were like, Eric? I was like, kid, it's like, the tennis player? And I was like, oh, oh, this is a brand. Okay. So, so we both Two got Philly championships. Here. We both sitting the girls. Sitting the girls. So, so, so that's our, both of our assignment as we leave, we, as we leave here, we both have to, to, to work on. Uh, that's something I really have to think about because up until now, like I've kept, tennis on my personal Instagram page and the podcast has been all about the podcast. So you're giving me something, something really interesting to think about. Speaking of which, before you leave, as somebody who is very much tapped into society, culture, trending topics and issues, I gotta get your opinion on some current trending um, society things that are going on uh, culture issues that are going on um and so i'm asking you are you hung up or are you hanging okay up? okay 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 i'm ready first one the word sis c-i-s sis are you um, are you are you using it yes and i'm hung up and i think that people who feel like particularly straight people who feel offended by it. I'm so sorry that words exist and that you, your, your limits in your education, your limit in your ability to read and comprehend does not change this. Just the word, the, the, the prefix this and trans uh, um, both existed before you chose to acknowledge. Either. They're polar opposites. Yeah. They're polar opposites. Like it's okay, baby. It's okay. They're there, Tink. It's okay. What's up, Alex? Okay. I'm struggling a little bit. You struggle with the term cis, like cis or cisgender? I've, I felt very much like you did, like you do. Um, but I just feel like the recent discourse in the community around the word 
signaled to me that one, um, a lot of black women feel like they just woke up one day and they were just this. And, and two, I feel like cis women and trans women are probably really the ones that need to sit down and have this conversation. Um, For sure. And a part of me also feels like don't let these men bait y'all into this confusing conversation into a war that y'all not fighting. Because I and I say this with the utmost amount of love, black women, they're paying you dollars to donate to any man. While y'all have remained one of the top in education, like most likely to have a master's degree, most likely to be out here starting on your job. And when you compare what black women make to any man of any color in this country, nobody is, there's nothing about the way that you are seen in your own community and the way you're treated in your own community that somebody's fighting to try to take your identity or take the things like, it's like, it's like, in, if you look at like trans black women in the gay community, we have treated them like they're the lowest on the totem pole. Black women are the lowest on the totem pole. Not, we, we just want to say, we gonna call a thing a thing. So if that's the whole thing, it's, it's in the nature, if you pay attention to history, for them to try to get the lowest people on the totem pole to try to fight each other. This is literally what they're doing between house and slave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you're fighting, but we all ain't none of us free. I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry if the call came in. Uh, but we're not fighting over, like, the... It makes no sense to fight over those things. I'm fighting because somebody, a gay man, was just voguing in a gas station and he was killed. Keep your hands off of us. Create safe spaces for, for people. Hire trans women. Like, these are the things that we're fighting for. We're not out here mm-hmm. fighting over the use of the word because I don't at the end of the day, most of the people who are having a conversation, y'all ain't at no property, and you don't have to, you can continue to live your life and pretend we don't exist. Like, you know, like, the, the fight is really less about something, and it's, it's almost like I woke up one day and people were arguing about things that didn't make sense to even be arguing about, because most of the people like Jess Hilarious. Jess Hilarious, girl, you Jess Hilarious. When are you out here having conversations with trans women? You're not. You don't care about the community. You don't need to speak on it. <laughs> like, we, it doesn't even have to be yeah. a thing, because we... And to respond to a clip, to to respond to a small clip from one individual from the trans community who does not speak or represent the trans community. And when you listen to people like T.S. Madison, Hope Giselle, they're telling us that that individual doesn't speak for all of us. And so they they rarely speak for black people because honestly, we are still like, I need to say this, though. Most of us, black people, gay, straight like and everything in between however you identify we are all still out here mostly fighting to survive still trying not to be beat they be in they be in black straight men in the street and they and, they, and black straight men are killing us so we we both have the same problem the last thing that we out here worried about we're not leading the movement on uh pronouns and like those are the least concerns for us like these are that's not you know that's not something that's a big burden to us. Like, can we just get the basics, like the ability to exist and feel safe, the ability to exist and know that somebody's not going to hurt you just right. because you're there and you're expressing right. yourself. You know what I mean? We can send our children to school and it'd be safe for them. We can provide for them sure. with food. And like, these are the things that, right. I, I agree with you hundred percent that we should be coming, coming together to really. Uh, okay. <laughs> Next one. Okay. Because you're a health- Health advocate, mm-hmm. I wanted to get your opinion about some of the adult entertainers um, slash OnlyFans creators who may do something a little bit like this, where they'll like post up a location and <laughs> have several dozens, maybe over a hundred. Um, strangers come through and, and 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 penetrate them without a condom and and leave adult fun time juice <laughs> mm-hmm. all up and through as as a health advocate and someone who I know you're the person to ask because you're out there. You, you are literally yeah. 
So what do you think about when you see stuff like this? Um, or better question, what, what should the community know? What, what is important? The most important thing in health advocacy is advocating for people's agency. People are in the driver's seat. They're in charge when it comes to like, so your, your providers have the information, but, and so they know what's best medically, but you know what's best for you and your life. And so we build your health plan around your agency and what you already telling us you want to do. And so sex, that sex positivity comes in when it says like, okay, here, here's, here's several safe sex options. What safe sex, safe sex options do you like? Because it may not be condoms and it may be PrEP. And is that still safe sex? Yes. Those are, you, that's your version of safe sex, right? I'm using that as an example to go to lead us to the face of if the type of sex you like to have is that you like to take loads anonymously, then I can only be a good advocate if I acknowledge that because you're going to do that anyway. You're going to have the sex you want. And by all intents and purposes, you should. I mean, who am I to tell you not? not that may not be what I want to do, but if that's what you want to do, I'm, my job is now to find the healthiest and safest ways to help you navigate that space within the reasonable confines of which you are going to agree to. That is because I'm a millennial, though. So I definitely give people that grace. And we know that that approach to healthcare is way more effective. And people tend to follow the plan as opposed to like us trying to shame people and make people feel bad. I don't ever want people to feel ashamed for the type of sex they have. I don't ever want people to feel ashamed as long as it's legal. Because those conversations are definitely going on. Uh, Online, on Twitter specifically, where a lot of Black, queer, gay, identifying men are just like, yo, this is a problem because you are, I don't know, an incubator for whatever. I mean, so if we do a mathematics count, right? If, If person A is just on Grindr and Jack and he hooks up every now and then, et cetera. And, you know, and then this other person puts out, puts a location out and takes 30 in one night, 30 loads in one night. If y'all both averaging 30 people in the month or the same amount of people in the year or even a similar average, like, what are we really talking about here? Like, is, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people, a, a lot of times people's outrage is not for what you're doing. It's for the, it's for the public part. Cause we're taught, we got to remember most of us were taught to be ashamed of not only who we are, but the type of sex we have. Mm-hmm. So you, mm-hmm. you're, are you upset that the person is taking loads and you feel like that's an embarrassment to the community? Or are you afraid of how straight people in your life are going to think about you based upon what they see other people doing? And if that's the case, a person shouldn't make their decisions around that because of your fear, because of your anxiety, like they need to be free. Um, my only concern ever when I see this is that, again, the reason I take that approach is because I'm more concerned with logistical safety. I'm more concerned with, like, I want you to be alive after this. So, like, what can we put in place to make sure that you're right. both alive right. because of your health and you physically are not creating situations where somebody can come in and collect you in the head? Because I bet you where you won't do it is in Philly. Let me tell you right now. She was in one, one of the, I'm not, I'm not going to say too much, but one of the well-known um, people, I'm sure he, got robbed he was here in Philly know, not too you long know, ago. You know Trey to rob you if they know you somewhere. I didn't. I don't think he got robbed because they would have def- that. He's a well known content creator, oh, he's a content creator. so yeah, that would have been that would have been known. Dude, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Because I know that several of them have like there there are several content creators that have done this, but they also have been transparent. Like they weren't transparent at first, but they like the interviews I've seen, but they're like, yo, I definitely have gotten robbed. I definitely had guns pulled on me you know, in certain situations. And that's the part that I, I would love to see that logistics worked out. Like, I don't want you to, to put yourself in a situation. Yeah. Physical safety, health Physical safety, safety, health safety, like those are the emotional, mental um, safety. Those are the things that are first and foremost. And as, you know, what's not, I, I, I say often on here, like I, I try not to yuck nobody's yum. Right. Um, so even though it may not be for me, um, I do acknowledge that in the community, sex is a form of expression because it was something that, you know, we were oppressed for for so long. and We still are. Yeah. So I absolutely, I, you know, I, I see the, the parties and the, you know. And, I definitely and I, I, I respect it, even though it may not be for everybody. I definitely understand yeah. why it's important for a lot of people. For sure. And, and, I'll, and I'll just say this. It, as a last comment on it, it's not germane to us or new. Like, if you look at vintage porters, they were like, there's a lot of vintage women in porn who would take, like, there's videos that I'm taking, like, 
like a hundred men and, and one like there's one girl I saw like won a car and there was a hundred men invited to the party and like each one of them like this was like in like the sixties. So it's not like it's not yeah. and 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 no one changed her for that. Like, you know, no one made her feel like so don't just I, I want I want want my sisters <laughs> to have the same freedom to make choices that, the way other people are making. Even if, like you said, it's not the choices that I would make for myself. Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to feel like they're ashamed. Because when people feel ashamed, you can't have conversation. You can't talk about safety. You can't empower them um, to, to be, you know, their best selves if you make them feel that way. So, yeah. You're amazing. You're amazing first. <laughs> <laughs> amazing um, first. I know that like right now, uh, a lot of platforms are celebrating the 50, 50th anniversary of hip hop. So I just wanted to take a moment to shout out some some gay, queer, identifying hip hop artists that I've had here on the show. Bambiana, Boys Love Flowers, Cocaine Sugar, Jewel the Gem, um, Kicks the Killer, even though I haven't had an opportunity to interview him. Those are just some people... Do you have anyone that you want to shout out? Is it, or what do you what do you think about when it comes to the influence? How has hip hop had an influence on your life to to close close this out? Yeah, sure. Um, so a lot of people notice I'm actually a really really big battle rap fan. Um, I've been a battle rap fan for a long time. I'm usually at most major battle rap events. Um, I was just literally the day after I received an award for the podcast. I was rushing home because I had to be at Chrome 23 for Remy Ma's uh, Shared the Battle Rap League, and they had a year anniversary event. Uh, one of my friends, uh, Shuni the Rapper, was headlining the event. Um, so I'm outside uh, when it comes to that. So I, I always have been like, I really, really love, you know, you going, if you at a battle rap event, you're going to see Kyle on stage with it because I, I love it. So um, I, I've never, like, I've never really been as much of a fan of rap music as I am, like, rap, like, battle rap. Um, so I would just say that um, the influence that it has on me, it's amazing to see how it's evolved over the years. At this last event, I've also, so there actually used to be a, a, a battle rap league called Prism. It still exists, but it was like the gay battle rap league, right? So all the gay boys went, all the like, the studs, everybody was there, right? And to see some of them on the stage battling like straight guys, like battling and being respected in that space, honey, we love it. Say, Listen, it's a new era, and I just love to see us out here represented um, and and just doing our thing. So, you know, shout out to the years of hip hop. Period. Shout out to hip hop. Shout out and shout out to you. So I know you need to go and hit the carpet <laughs> and go to your event. Is there anything that you want to leave us with? Um, I I want to say this to you, Eric. Thank you, Sean. Um, yeah, thank you, Sean. Um, I want to say this to you and to anyone who's listening, because I heard you say in the beginning of like that there are times where it's like, do I even still want to do this, right? Um, uh. You know, and 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 not being you know funded and not all those things. Like, I'm sure that that has a weight. Not having a team, because I'm even gonna hold you. Like, child, I don't know where I would be if, if I didn't. I don't think I could do. I don't think I could do what you do. <laughs> I don't think I could do it, baby. I y'all would have been canceled after episode one. Um, <laughs> but I want to say. Do what you were called to do, no matter what, no matter who's looking, because you never know. You never know when that moment lines up, and I, and you want to just make sure when the moment lines up and you are in front of whoever, whatever opportunity that you are who you want to be when you're found. So just do it from passion, do it from your heart, and just trust. Because a lot of times doors that are not open a lot of times things that took take long it's because we get so much in our head about like if i do this trying to figure it all out and success doesn't look the way i thought it was going to look yeah if this happens and you know and so i just want you to be encouraged that you are producing top i said it to you before i'm saying every time i come top tier content top tier content and that's what matters that's what matters because you know I'm gonna leave it there, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to speak in code and just say from some conversations I've heard, there's a lot of openings for Black queer content coming up in the next uh, year. There are a lot of people that are looking and scouting to see who are going to be the next Black queer content creators to come into like network spaces. Um, and so just continue to be consistent and know that 
and in, in, in the words of the Clark sisters, it is not in vain. <laughs> of course not. You know, it is not in vain. So just just continue to be encouraged. Don't 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 stop pressing towards that mark, baby. I know I was gonna be getting uplifted like <laughs> this tonight. Thank you. We love you, people. Thank you so much. Like that comes right on time. Uh, that 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 came right on time, and and I'll just say that. Thank you, Malachi, Thank for joining you. tonight. Ew. You all hit the carrot button or hit that follow button, and uh, make sure you support Malachi and check out his profile. I'll be back next week, same time, same place, seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time, with artist, rapper, and Black Femme Revolutionary Jewel the Gem. I'm on Jewel so, the Gem. I will see y'all next week. Malachi, enjoy your event. Thank you, babe. And um, I'm going to talk to you. We'll, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> Bye, boo. Peace, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye, everyone. Shout out to Malachi. Thank you for dialing into the Hunger Podcast. And thank you all for listening. I'm Eric Cole, the host and producer of the Hunger Podcast. I hope you have a productive and safe week. Peace.